0: Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook on sales management planning. In it, you'll discover some simple sales and sales management checklists that can transform the way that you work. Make sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com pod 353. This is Elizabeth Frederick. And I'm really excited about today's guest. I think you guys will learn a lot. And um, it's a it's a topic that's really important to just about any small business that exists. <laughs> um, he's the president at Sales Manager now, providing fractional sales management services to small and family run businesses. He's also the author of Part-Time Sales Management for Small Business Sales Teams. He has extensive personal experience in sales leadership, coaching, and consulting, and he is based in beautiful Auburn, California. So welcome to the show, Renee Zamora.
1: Hey, it's great to be here, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm just so glad that you could be here. I just shared bullets, basically, but you are <laughs> a whole lot more than that. So I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a regular guy. You know, I guess I'd say I'm pretty grounded that way. I hope I am. Hope I come across that way. Um, one of the things that we like uh, to have in our myself and our consultants is that we just we care about our clients and care about the people in them. We're really in the people business, and we just happen to grow business while we're doing it. But personally, uh, this this whole thing that we're going to be talking about today, fractional sales management, I didn't know it was going to be um, a norm, an industry that's growing. I just was looking for something to do 16 years ago, different than training. And someone said, uh, why don't you be a sales manager for small business sales teams? And it's like, yes, <laughs> and so, uh, I guess I'm a pioneer. Maybe pioneers don't know they're pioneers. They just start doing something <laughs> and you realize you're a pioneer when you look back and see that, wow, I was doing this before it was popular. So uh,
0: Definitely. That's, that's a great intro. And I have to say anybody who's that excited when somebody gives a suggestion about something that they can do, that's just a sign of the the passion that you bring to your work and how it's, it's kind of a calling is what I'm hearing. Oh
1: man, it really was. I mean, I was kind of going through a dry time. I mean, I came out of the corporate world and, um, through mergers and acquisitions, I was let go, and after being frustrated and upset, <laughs> you know, I started. Uh, I found uh, some great training material and started training people in high performance leadership in team in teams in you know small companies, all corporate. Well, not small company, but corporate, smaller corporations in a smaller
0: community. Mm-hmm.
1: But as uh, as training goes, you need to start traveling. And I didn't want to do that. So I was kind of in a dry spell, actually, just, you know, showing up, showing up for my work, getting it done, but wasn't really loving it. There's, I have this little um, sign in front of me that it, it resurfaced yesterday. I think I needed it. You know, it says happiness is not getting what you want, but being content with what you have. <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes work or careers, business... Can feel like a grind and it doesn't feel happy, but it's what you have, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, and so I think at that time, it's what I had. I grinded through it. But then, like you said, it really was a calling when someone suggested it. I mean, I was praying, searching for a new direction. And when they said that, it seemed like I had heard it. It almost seemed like I had been planning it, but I really hadn't. Mm-hmm. It's that powerful that you, you picked up on that. It was a calling. And, uh, and our business model hasn't changed since that day. We just manage small business sales teams. We've gotten better at it, and I have other people doing it with me, but it hasn't changed. It's just helping people sell more stuff.
0: All right. I, I love to hear that, and I think that um, that provides a lot of foundation for the rest of what we'll be talking about today because we've touched on this a couple of times, and I'm, I'm sure some people are familiar with the concept and, and it's pretty understandable by what you're saying, but you work, uh, I mean, and your organization functions as fractional sales managers for small and family-run organizations. And I'd love to just get into specifically what is a fractional sales manager for anybody who's not familiar with that concept. Sure. And then talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the purpose and the function and, and why this is a role that so many businesses um, are finding is helpful.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you so much for having me on the show to be able to explain this because it it has been it's a it's a role that people aren't aware that it's there. I mean, still, I think there's more people don't know about it than do, and so I'm trying to get the word out there. So, what is a fractional sales manager? It's uh, at, at our company, a fractional sales manager is an experienced uh, sales leader who has corporate corporate training in their background, not to be stuffy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> overburden people, but to have fundamentals of structure and process and systems, Mm. you know, that will help a small business scale up. If you just got the tribal knowledge, it's hard to scale very far. And so we bring that. And then just the practical experience of working with teams, uh, not only in your own office, but uh, many, many of us have, you know, uh, managed teams, away from our office before pandemic before virtual all that we were you know corporations have been managing virtual teams for a long time it's just the way it is you have a larger territory so so first off at our company it's someone that you know has that experience and it's probably that way at most of fractional uh fractional outlets or services out there and what we do i mean fractional means this you get a piece of our time And so we work with a handful of clients. So in my case right now, I I still have clients that I work with as well as growing my business. I have five teams that I manage throughout the month, conduct sales meetings, conduct one-on-one meetings, um, hiring performance reviews, uh, give input to leadership at the different companies uh, from the sales departments, so kind of representative of the sales department there. Uh, deal with the deal with the yucky stuff <laughs> and deal with the fun stuff. Um, so, I the name of our company is Sales Manager now because that's really, you know, that's how I saw it back then. It's just like, do you need a sales manager now? We could be that. And so, <laughs> I think if people just look at us as sales managers, nothing really, you know, tricky or anything about that. We're just a person who manages people. Um, but uh, and what comes what the small business owner also gets. So they get this senior level experience that knows what they're doing. So they can kind of let, let go of the sales department, so to speak, but they also get a fractional fee. So, you know, Uh you're going to pay a sales manager like us less than half of what you would probably pay a full-time sales manager who isn't usually isn't as qualified as we are. And I like to go into why they're not usually qualified, like why you won't find the talent, like, and we're not like, you know, amazing, like, oh, <laughs> you have the top 10 sales managers in the country. By, by no means, there's like incredible people out there, but we're just good, solid, you know, managers. But we probably wouldn't work at uh, the small businesses full time. And the reason uh-huh. is there's not a big enough challenge for me to work at any one of my clients as a sales manager. Now, sure, they could probably try to talk me into like, "Hey, well, just come be part of the team as a manager," and and the, "Hey, do you mind managing this department?" and "Hey, you're a good manager. Why don't you go and manage some <laughs> projects? Can you work on these projects?" Hey, we're thinking about this and that. Uh, you know, go to a conference for us. You, you you start getting used into all these other areas. But if you're really, you know, then if you're going to do that, you might as well just open your own business and do all the things that a business owner does. But if you want to be really good at your craft, what we are is we're really great at sales management. And so we, we just stay in that lane. And when you hire us fractionally, it's a challenge for us to manage multiple teams. And it's the appropriate amount of um, uh, representation, involvement, service, you want whatever you want to call that you need from a sales manager because a sales manager leads others to sell. They don't sell. At least in our in our uh, in our structure, so I'm yeah. well enough for you.
0: Absolutely, and I'm I'm glad that you gave such a broad introduction because I'll uh, we'll we'll be going back to a lot of these topics over the rest of our conversation. Mm-hmm. And kind of the first thing that I notice and and was thinking about as you were talking is how many organizations I've seen that don't know how to kind of get started. At being a more professional sales organization. Um, and, you know, I've I've spoken to small business leaders and owners who've talked about, you know, should I hire a sales manager? I mm-hmm. don't know what they'd be managing. Maybe there's one or two salespeople, maybe there's a CRM system, maybe there isn't, maybe there's a sales process, maybe there isn't. Um, and as you said, it, it, a lot of times they they do make the effort to go out there and find a sales manager. And it, there are, there are great people out there and there are people who've been very successful when hired into that role, certainly, but it is a, a challenging task to say, okay, come in and build the system and then run the system and then hire people into the system and train them and make sure that they're using it. And that's a big job for somebody on the salary that a small business can likely afford in terms right. of sales management.
1: Right. Right. It is. And it, it's a, it's a focused business and. Um actually tell me a little bit more I maybe I'm misunderstanding you so uh, explain a little bit more what you're saying there
0: yeah absolutely because it's you know if you've never had a sales manager if that's not been a function you probably have some of those functions being done by other people a lot of times it is the owner right um, maybe they are running some numbers or they've got you know finance or accounting or somebody giving them numbers and they're looking right. at them. Um, maybe they're doing whatever level of coaching is happening, but mm-hmm. probably they have other responsibilities that pull them away from coaching. Um, right. Maybe they're trying to run a sales meeting. They know it's something that should happen. They've sure. never really been involved in sales meetings. Maybe they don't have a sales background themselves. They're not sure what exactly to cover, so they just go over the whole pipeline yeah. opportunity by opportunity, boring everybody out of their minds. That's and-
1: common. That's common. <laughs>
0: Yep. And and so it's, it's not really being done. And so then the vision, and I see this in other areas as well, right? When it comes to marketing, when it comes to just any function that hasn't had one person doing it, that hasn't yes. been fully developed, it's challenging to get it up and running. And you could hire somebody who wants to be a sales manager and they think they're coming in to an organization where they're just running a machine that exists and they're not. Or you could hire somebody who loves to build and set up systems and then gets bored out of their mind once the systems are in place. And right. so um, th- that, that transition period at first, I think, is especially challenging for organizations when they're first kind of figuring out what does sales management look like at my company? Um, and then there's the, okay, now now it's got to kind of keep on running. So I'd love to talk about kind of both of those stages, because oh, yeah. I would imagine you've seen a lot of those situations yourself.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that's, you know, I think when when you hire a sales manager, like, let's just go back to that basic premise I said, just sales manager now, right? You need one, okay? The one you've always thought of, the one that's going to do all that. They're going to put the systems together. They're going to put the processes together. They're going to, you know, work with sales messaging with their customers. And the sales manager doesn't have to know it all. The sales manager needs to know what he needs. You know, maybe he needs to go to, um, you know, to the, um, the resources like you guys have and get those 32 templates, <laughs> email templates, you know, how do I get easier resources, you know, and go find those things for the team, bring in sales training. The sales manager might do some training. They're always doing coaching, but they might not. Uh, but maybe we need a more uh, consistent, professional dialed in, you know, pro- sales process that uh, will require some training. So Sales Manager would find that and understand how to discern what's the best. And then I think you mentioned it earlier, and that is, you know, not just have people train, but actually have them uh, assimilate it into their actual pro you know, how they operate and support it and you know, just becomes part of the culture. And I love when I walk into companies that already have have some of that and they, you know, they've they've committed to a certain way about selling. So you know, hiring a sales manager, we do all that. So that sales manager, the, how we look at fractional sales management is we take care of from the beginning, getting to understand your business, knowing what you currently have on processes. To, then we go into stage two, which is you know, tuning those processes up to your to your business. We don't bring in templates uh, from other businesses, you know, mm-hmm. for you. We go in and understand what are you guys doing what you've been successful so let's just get it documented and then we'll dial it in tune it up so we now have it packaged that i can go out and say hey uh, sales reps out there you might want to look at this company you know which is like the next phase get everyone tuned up and working better but then become more attractive as a company to find better salespeople. Salespeople that fit into your culture, that want to work in your type of environment. But if, if it's not clearly defined and packaged, they don't know what they're walking into. And so mm-hmm. you can lose some good ones or you can get some bad ones that just you know saw that you wanted a team player, highly motivated. <laughs> you put all the things you want out there and they say, yeah, I'm that. Okay, we'll hire you. <laughs> and then they're, they really don't fit.
0: Absolutely, and it's so incredibly expensive to Mm -hmm. hire the wrong person, whether it's a salesperson or a sales manager. You know, you've got whatever the actual cost of hiring was, whether you're working with a recruiter or paying for, you know, some online services or just the initial (laughs) salary and whatever you're paying your HR team. But then you have the the cost of the time and the investment that you put into that person, and then the opportunity cost if they do leave of the better person you could have had in their chair during that period of time, building up, um, you know, relationships and, and process and systems that now don't exist or need to be fully recreated.
1: So. You know, um, you know, there's even a bigger cost that really is never spoken of that I've seen. And that is, I mean, all those are definitely real costs, but the the big cost is in the, um, the value of the company is in growing. So mm owner wants to sell their business and you're not able to scale your sales department to bring in more sales so you can scale your other departments. If you can't do that, that's a you, that's, that's the real, where the rubber meets the road, you know, yeah. of your business. And when, when you're not hiring correctly, when you don't have it pack, your package and your culture and your environment, right. To attract good people that you can, the type of people that you can hire more of those, Uh, then you can't scale and then you can't add value to your business. And so there's the huge cost that I see. And what we try to do is not just grow salespeople and grow sales, but uh, like any good employee should be, is trying to help uh, grow the value of the business.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So we've touched on kind of, uh, I would say, like a big picture purpose and one common situation, which might be that an organization doesn't have a sales management function and they need to build it out, but I'd love to get into um, so let's say you know you're you're working with a client. I would imagine that your team, you and your team are encountering are encountering a lot of the problems and challenges that sales managers typically run into. And sure. one thing that you have the benefit of through years of experience through You know, as a consultant working with multiple organizations is you can start to see some trends.
1: As you Mm -hmm. said, you're
0: developing systems and processes individually for each company, but you're going to see, Hey, people commonly run into this problem. Even at this stage of development, people run into one of these two kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they have this one thing, they're likely to encounter this. So what are some of the common challenges that you really see organizations running into um, kind of in the process of? Sales management, and I'm sure there are both new ones that have come up over the last few years as a result of you know COVID and and remote work. But um, I'm sure there are some that have been occurring the whole time, and will probably continue into infinity. So, uh, big question, but sure. um, I like to I like to talk about you know problems and challenges and how we can fix them.
1: Well, I think uh, one of the, the the first one that comes to my mind is for a business owner. And me being a business owner, I run into the same challenge. It's like, you know, I was telling my wife, I'm going to grow up to be this CEO. (laughs) It's not doing the work. (laughs) Wonderful dream. I think uh, every small business owner, I mean, it's a process. And part of the process is doing all the right fundamentals. And part of the process is just our own personal acceptance for self-growth and who we are. And if we're willing to acknowledge that, that, you know, maybe we're holding on. And holding on is probably the most common Problem that we have uh, when when we come in, we're very uh, capable of leading a depart- many departments, uh, although we don't do that. We lead ours, and so for um, what we run into is owners learning how to let go to mm-hmm. a s- senior type of person who t- could to trust them to do the work and to report and to be accountable, um, you know, and to be honest and frank and candid. Uh, we aren't yes people. But we're not troublemakers either. <laughs> we're there to get behind the goal and the objectives of the company and do our best to support that. But we will challenge owners and, um, of any behaviors um, that, you know, if it's micromanagement, if it's going around us, if it's uh, not keeping um, their word to getting things completed, if it's uh, chasing the you know shiny objects every month with new and too many new initiatives where no one can really get traction uh, in the most important initiatives, uh, not a, uh, you know, contributing to every company has communication challenges. So, mm-hmm. but just, you know, having that good, uh, a regular meeting where communication can be established, issues can be brought up, things can be solved. We, uh, we got involved in the EOS process. And so we, uh, I've actually facilitated, uh, implemented some EOS with some companies and I've been myself and another one of my leaders have been a, a EOS leader within a company. So just if so people don't know, that's an entrepreneurial operating system um, by Gina Wickman, a book called Traction. And a lot of small businesses are taking that on because it's a it's a good system to allow owners to um, grow in a way that because they see their leaders growing. If they if people can see other people under them growing, it's easier for them to let go and grow. And so so that's the biggest challenge, I think. Owners letting go and allowing someone else to do it.
0: That is such a great observation, Renee. And I, I can't help but think of a seminar that we led at this point. This was probably 12 years ago at Criteria mm-hmm. for Success. And we called it, I don't want to be the salesperson. I want to be the CEO.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we got very good interest in attendance, as you can imagine. And so often you see that leaders say they want a sales manager. They say they want a professional organization, but they don't know how. To pull Mm -hmm. back. And a lot of times, as I'm sure you've observed, it's because they've tried in the past and it hasn't worked out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you give somebody a big piece of responsibility of your organization, your baby that you built and you put together, and it doesn't work, Um, something goes wrong. And you're the one that absorbs that, that impact, that pain. Yeah. And, and you also would likely feel, you know, the opportunity cost of, man, if I had just done it myself, it would have been done right. And we wouldn't see this problem. Right. And it, it's, you know, if you've been burned or maybe you haven't been burned and you're just, you know, a control freak, I, I'll raise my hand. I'm a, bit <laughs> of a control freak myself. Um, that letting go is important. And I, I would imagine that one thing you probably see with your clients is, you know, the, the letting go happens and kind of starts and stops and mm-hmm. it, it can help to have somebody who you know is experienced and, and knows, you know, maybe is a little bit more um, more of a, a, a corporate um, experienced professional than, than you would have gotten otherwise. But yeah. that's still a big step for a leader to take.
1: It, it is a big step for all of us to take just in growing in life in general. Any of us have been parents understand that process, too. It's an evolution. It just doesn't happen in, in an instant. Um, the the first chapter of my book uh, is beliefs, and I address. And mm-hmm. my book's written for small business owners. Let's say that um, okay, they are real small, but they still want to be involved. They want to be the sales leader. That's fine. You can do it. You're already doing it. So why not do it better, right? Uh-huh. And so the first chapter about beliefs is like addressing your negative beliefs. I mean, I was reminded of an owner just the other day that you know they they don't believe they think salespeople are not trustworthy. That's well, the core belief, and consequently, they you know they fortunately they have a business that has some repeat customers and it's small small enough to still be p- good profit for them. But he can't ever grow his business mm-hmm. um, with salespeople because that core belief is so strong. I tried to work with him on it, and I thought I had gotten some of that out of there, but it's so strong that um, that's just what he believes. He had one salesperson that was there for him for 14 years and he could trust them. And since then he hasn't been able to find a way to trust others. So that, that's a stop in his business um, because of that belief. And you can start thinking salespeople don't work hard. Um, I think when the pandemic came about, uh, it exposed, what I saw was, uh, you know, owners not are wondering, are they working out there? When all of a sudden mm-hmm. they went in the office. And it, it kind of just made me realize that there's a lot of visual uh, indicators that people will use to think people are working. Walking yep. down the hallway, you can see, oh, they're on the phone, good. Uh-huh. Oh, they're typing, good. Oh, they're leaning back watching a video, bad. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that, but no one goes in and finds out what they're actually doing, right? Those are just assumptions we make along the way. All of a sudden, all those visual indicators were gone. and. <laughs> there was panic. <laughs> Are they working? Are they working? <laughs> you know? yeah. Are we
0: keeping them busy?
1: Yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, if you're, if when you build the sales team, I am kind of going off our question here, let me just finish this thought. When you build a sales team to be self accountable, then that's really not a concern because the results you're measuring the right um, metrics Their results speak for themselves. They're either getting the job or the job done, or they're not getting the job done. Of course, there's always ways to improve to get better, but there's kind of a minimum they need to be doing, and the results will tell us that. In sales, it's a little bit easier that way.
0: Absolutely, Um, I couldn't help but notice that, You know, as you mentioned EOS, that Mm -hmm. definitely struck a chord because we have a number of clients um, who've used that that system and process. And as you said, it's a really great way for a leader, whether they're holding on really really, really tightly mm-hmm. or whether they're you know farther along on that journey to mm-hmm. letting go and, and handing off tasks to other people to set those very clear expectations yes. and be able to see people succeed or fail on clear goals. As you said, sales is is a very measurable thing, right? You sold something or you didn't. You sold something at a certain price or a different price. Um, You got a fuel or you didn't. It's it's pretty basic. But sales management can be a little bit harder. You know, you're you're obviously measuring sales numbers, but that's Mm -hmm. not the only thing, hopefully, that you're hiring your sales manager to do. And so even having a system and a process where you're agreeing with your sales manager, your fractional sales manager on what are our goals? What do we want to accomplish? Do we want to hire more salespeople? Do Mm -hmm. we want to improve our comp plan? Do Mm -hmm. we want to develop new messaging in conjunction with marketing? Um, Is that our big goal for the quarter? There there are so many different kind of goals and challenges. And if it's all fuzzy and you kind of think the sales manager's working on all of them a little bit, it's really hard to evaluate whether they're successful or not.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, those those EOS meetings are tremendous. I just came, actually just came out of one uh, before we started the call here. Uh, And it's fun watching the, the growth in the leadership team. Um, In that particular client, I get to do a little bit, a little bit of different work. So I'm making a commercial I shouldn't be making because it's not our core business. (laughs) But uh, to keep me challenged, I do some other things also uh, at my level. So uh, yeah. All right. Well, what else can we talk about?
0: Absolutely. So um. I I don't know if you have anything more to say about this, but you you did mention that CEO that you were working with that really didn't trust salespeople and that had Mm -hmm. a lot of negative connotations and images of sales. And when I think of a lot of founders and CEOs, Mm -hmm. quite often they come from a background of whatever it is that they're selling they did that work.
1: And mm-hmm. so maybe
0: they sell a product and they developed the product. And so yeah. they're a product person and they fully get products. They give the best demos you could ever imagine. Um, maybe too good of demos, and maybe they're demoing every little tiny, tiny feature. Sure, and, sure. But um, it, that's very opposite from selling. And there's a lot of skills in selling that might look different to them, And right. I, you know, I, I don't at all want to sound like I'm saying that sales is manipulative and should be manipulative. But as a salesperson, maybe you're spending a lot of time asking questions, mm-hmm. and you're waiting and you're not sharing all of that great information, because you want to just share the best information that's relevant to that buyer. Absolutely. And you're the CEO, you're obsessed, this product is your baby, you would happily talk about it for, you know, hours on end. And you're wondering, why aren't they talking? Why aren't they saying mm-hmm. anything? Why aren't they mentioning this feature? That's the feature that they should be talking about right this very minute. And sure. um, so it, there's there's that kind of conception of salespeople as um, maybe sleazy or um, unable to be trusted. But I think there's also a lot of times um, a, an expectation of salespeople that they don't have the product knowledge mm-hmm. that I have. And it's mm-hmm. like, well. First of all, you've been doing this for 20 years. They're, they've been there two years. Uh, that's sure. maybe reasonable. But also, um, I would imagine that there's a big part of your job is figuring out what information do the salespeople need to have about the product, the service, the business, while not being a product person.
1: Oh, um, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't even touch on it. And it's a great point uh, that you know people listening to this fractional, what should I consider fractional sales management? Because you can find, uh, there's probably fractional sales managers out there that are industry experts and they can bring some product knowledge in. But uh, our approach has been to just be very good at understanding what the salespeople need. From uh, things we've already talked about on the structure side to um, skill, you know, communication skills, relational, uh, conversational, negotiating—all that. Those type of skills are working with them there, but they're also understanding what you just mentioned. <laughs> do they know their product? The salesperson doesn't know their product or service; they're not going to do very well. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> our job is to understand what they need and then find it. With it, the company's already usually companies will go in have been around for 10 years or more. And, you know, they, they, they have that knowledge there within the company or within their vendors. And so our job is, okay, where, how do we tap into it? And then we uh, make sure that because it's already being used. We mm-hmm. just orga- organize it in a better way. So people are oriented better. We create, you know, new employer orientation. So they get the right product knowledge. And then in our sales meetings, we're always doing um, team sharing and learning. From each uh-huh. other so if it's anything related to sales from products to communication to structure whatever best practices we're always trying to get everyone better on the team so uh so yeah our job is to assess what they need and make sure we can so- provide it to them somewhere through the company or vendors to get people equipped
0: absolutely i like to say you know you want to know um, how much information they need to make them not dangerous because <laughs> you certainly don't want people going out there and giving incorrect information, but you also can't keep them locked up until they could give a presentation at the level of um, you know, your, your best, yeah. most experienced product person because yeah. what they need to be able to do is share enough accurate information, ask enough questions so that potentially they bring that person in. <laughs> a lot of times and,
1: and they also they uh, this is the hard for um many owners to understand is uh, to allow them to fail mm-hmm. and so you know hopefully you know uh, most businesses aren't you know gonna live or die on a few deals and you know we lose deals every month quarter anyway so let's get this person uh, by allowing someone to you know go show us what you got. (laughs) You're going to catch the ball or drop the ball, you know, um, so we can understand how to help them. Um, So that's, uh, that's also part of the process and something that's uh, difficult for some owners to, to get behind.
0: Absolutely. I had a client years ago that um, they, they were doing some analysis and they realized the close rate when managers went along with salespeople was really nice. And then mm-hmm. the close rate when managers didn't go along with salespeople was significantly lower. Yes. And so we did an exercise where we had people um, role practicing and demonstrating what they do during meetings. And we discovered that uh, they were not following very many best practices. And mm-hmm. what happened when sales managers were there was sales managers would see that and would take over and would close the right. deal. And yeah. then if they weren't there, the the person would crash and burn. And it was, it's a natural instinct to rescue. But as you said, unless this is the biggest deal that your company has ever had and will ever have, unless you can't make payroll until you mm-hmm. close this deal, yes. then sometimes you really do ne- need to let people learn the hard way. And mm-hmm. one thing that, that also I think can be a bit of a relief there is unless somebody, you know, Insult someone personally or, or it does a really, really bad job. You could likely come back and regenerate an opportunity after that meeting. but to to allow you know things to continue as they're happening, and then to be able to have a coaching conversation with that person, what do you think went wrong? Why do you mm-hmm. think that went wrong? What could we do differently next time if we were starting at the same place we were starting this one? Yeah. Are there any strategies that we could use to bring this one back to life and right. um, allowing that person to to discover it for themselves as opposed to you just doing it? Because I think managers who jump in hope and, and maybe assume that people will learn through osmosis
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they just won't. Maybe they're right. sitting there so embarrassed that you had to take over that they're not even paying attention maybe right. they're just not super observant i don't know <laughs> but uh, you can't just assume that if you take over and rescue that they'll copy you next time it'll work perfectly because uh, that's not usually how life works
1: i think your study is great you know that you guys went out there and found that information out cuz your your points are absolutely right uh, and so you know also uh, back to the question of what is fractional sales management fractional sales management isn't selling and mm-hmm. so At least at our company, we don't go on sales calls. We're not customer facing our, our soul, but our reputation with our client is based on salespeople selling more. So we have to be able to have salespeople grow personally Mm -hmm. and professionally, um, or we're usually not kept around (laughs) (laughs) and we shouldn't be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you've got a high level of accountability there
1: that's for sure yeah absolutely so and it's fine with us and so that's just how we how we operate I like i enjoy not having to seek job security you know we're just there to <laughs> help a company out and either it's we're bringing value or we're not and i like to always tell people we're the easiest person easiest uh sales manager to hire or fire Pretty easy because I'll be your (laughs) friend at the beginning if you'd ever hire us. And at the end, if you do, fire us. No problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a a very good approach. Um, I'm sure that we have some listeners who are wondering, um, am I the kind of organization that should be hiring a full-time sales manager? Should I be hiring a fractional sales manager? Should I be working with a consultant, uh, you know, what so what are the criteria that you would say um, really make it clear that some that a fractional sales manager might be the best choice for an organization?
1: Hmm. It's, it's tough to say criteria. Let me let me explain who's been using us, uh, who's probably had the most success with us. And that, that might mm-hmm. describe some of the clients. And that is it. So who we work with is companies, 2 million to 20 million in sales. Um, they have two to eight salespeople. Um, they, have a, they, have, they have proven success. So we don't usually, we don't work with startups because it takes too much energy and you're creating a market and creating an approach. Uh, uh-huh. We're best coming in and improving an approach um, and taking it from there. Um, and so they've been in business for a while and, um, they have a desire to grow. Now, this doesn't mean you have to have a desire to double in size, triple in size. Mm-hmm. You might just want to grow a little bit each year. Uh, and some owners want to grow and want to have that relief they haven't had. You know, that's a, that's a valuable piece for a lot of owners we've worked with just, ha. Huh. I'm going on a vacation this week. Bye, guys. Bye, owner. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know, that be nice? Just that those feelings uh like that. And um so so, so that's the uh let's see if I described it, the size, the a business to business is for us. Uh there could be, you know, uh, B2C out there, fractionals. Um, that's who we work with. And then uh, you know, a trust they have to, the criteria would be they have to be willing to trust someone who's not in their office. Mm. and um, who's, who's not there all the time uh, and just see how it goes. Um, so that's why we kind of take it slow getting into, just want to make sure we're, we're comfortable working with each other. As, there was a voicemail that just came in, uh, someone who was interviewing two of my sales managers right now, just kind of interested to see what they asked to say, because I said, I'm going to put two in front of you, pick, pick which manager you want. You know, it's got to start off with a good feel, just like any hire you would have.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I love that. That that really makes a lot of sense. Um, something I'm asking all of our guests, because uh, you know, this is kind of market research for me, but I learn a lot and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Um, what are the trends that you're looking at? Whether it's um new things that you're seeing in your clients, new challenges that they're having that you didn't expect, whether it's a technology system, but just what are what are some recent trends that you're keeping an eye on and um watching to see what happens?
1: Hmm. It's, uh, I'm usually have a rear view (laughs) mirror instead of keeping an eye. It's hard for me to stay ahead of things since we're in the, in the trenches with managing. But I mean, I think the trend we're all aware of is, you know, just the acceptance of managing virtually Uh uh, and using the tools. It was crazy that before the pandemic, I used to just, (laughs) Hey, get a zoom account use it sometimes. You don't you don't have to stop going face to face, but use it. You don't always you know, you're saying you can't get somewhere. Just do that. <laughs> and, and no one would. And and it wasn't mm-hmm. just on this wasn't just on the salespeople, because you also have to have uh, a client or a customer who's willing to do the same. And just let's be mm-hmm. honest, what I realized is that I was very comfortable being on video because I'd been doing it for sixteen well, as long as when video came out on the webcams are on uh, c- conference meetings, but most of the world wasn't. So there was, I think if everyone was honest, those first Zoom calls, you're a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> how do I look and you know what's behind me? And then you notice your facial mannerisms or how you're touching your face. Or that, oh, shoot, I do that. I, when I'm on the phone, I can do it, but when I'm on the camera, I can't. So there was a lot of, I used to kind of blame it on the salespeople, but I realized it kind of was needed to become a cultural norm just like cellular phones mm-hmm. became and smartphones and so on. So I think the trend is that you know Zoom meetings um are, are very effective for face-to-face. And um, and they're also very efficient for clients and salespeople. Uh, and, and I use Zoom just as in general, whatever you know, conferencing system you use. Um, But so, you know, but, but treat them with that respect. And and what I'd say is, you know, in, you know, clean up your background in your room, come dressed, uh, some basic (laughs) fundamental salespeople, shower up, get dressed like you're going to the office, get dressed like you're going to an appointment, be ready to go. Don't just be casual because, you know, you can get an impromptu meeting right now. You hear me preaching to the salespeople now? Okay, <laughs> you, can, you can get a meeting now, and so you want to be ready for that, um, not just uh, happen to. Oh, oh, hi! <laughs> Here you go, and you, you're not giving your best impression. So the trend is our standards of presentation are lowering, and we mm-hmm. need to stay on top of it. And our uh, and I think that goes in written communication also. Uh, that. Mm-hmm because we text in uh, communicate in shorthand that it can translate into email business acumen sales reps that have a better sense of business acumen understand the holistic um you know the whole picture in business mm-hmm. are better conversationalists you know because they can ask better questions they can get off mm-hmm. street, and they can find out what the core issues are in that business right well You know, in today's world, some of the trending there, so that's always there, but also just our messaging, like I mentioned before, because we're texting, our email messaging needs to be better. Um, We, but there's also a a shift there. There's a shift from, I was saying this to someone else the other day, it's like, you know, it used to be always have a call to action, you know, Mm -hmm. get get a call to action, get a call to action, you know, Um, but really, you know, you just want to continue a conversation and so it's the ability to have some that other person be comfortable enough to say no, yes, let's wait, let's move faster. You want that comfortable conversation. And since there's so many choices out there today, and so much bombardment on uh, someone's email, uh, mm-hmm. you need to stay someone that they enjoy opening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, if you don't, well that's probably why it's their ghost in you or you're know, not replying because they really don't want to open your email because it's not a pleasant experience and it's, it's a fine line. So, um, you know, I think the challenger sale talked about rela- relational people, you know, like, a, be careful. You're not too over relational. You still need to take uh-huh. the value. And I, I agree with that hundred percent, but there is a, so I'm not going to really go relational, but there's a, that art of conversation. Continue mm-hmm. that conversation, like we're doing right now, and not just being one, one handed or with a, an a obvious agenda. Those are true. Yeah,
0: trends. yeah. I definitely, um, you know, as you said, you touched on. If a big difference that you often find that leaders, maybe um, you know, executives, founders don't understand is you know a hundred things. And you will only, in a conversation, need to use 20 of them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you don't know what 20 that is. And mm-hmm. so if you only train your salespeople on 20 things that you think every client needs, Mm-hmm. one client will not overlap with that exact 20. And they will want to have a conversation. They'll have questions. They'll have ideas. And you can just flow with that because you know those other 80 things, but mm-hmm. maybe the salesperson has only been trained on the common 20. And then yeah. you're wondering why they struggle. And it's it's not necessarily their fault if that information wasn't available to them. So, um, you know, y- you can't always get them up to the level of knowing all hundred. But do you have a consistent training program where you're drip, drip, dripping, and they're going from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50, and they they know the most common ones. And uh, you also have the ability, and this is really powerful when your salespeople have business acumen, they're going to observe needs in the market. Mm-hmm. And they're going to notice a question that a customer asks that they've never heard before. Yeah. They can tell leads to you know we should implement this in our offering we should add this feature we should do this i'm i'm starting to see this as a trend if they don't have the business acumen they're going to be out there listening for one very specific thing basically an order so they yep. can mm-hmm. respond and take that right. order but if they can have an intelligent business conversation they their benefit to both the client and your organization because, um, they can, they can really help a client make the right decision, which Mm -hmm. is sometimes not to work with you. Right. Um, and sometimes it's, it's what exact service or product they need, but, um, they also provide an invaluable level of market research through all those conversations they're having with clients.
1: You know, I I got to share one tip for the owners along this topic is that you can uh, help your salespeople, um, have more business acumen by coming to sales meetings and sharing financials. Uh-huh. Uh, I love one of my owners has shared experiences of salespeople and vendors coming and selling them. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of give the ex- that real experience. This is what's going on with me when this person's doing this. This is what's going on. I love it when they do this. And this is why. You know, I don't mm-hmm. need this information. I need this information. So helping your salespeople know how a CEO and a president is thinking and what level of information they're thinking about versus, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. So you can help educate your salespeople by being yourself, sharing more of yourself in that other role versus Teaching them how to sell,
0: absolutely. And I think um, because you spend so much time in in that small um, and family run business space, I don't know if you recognize how much of a value that is. That mm. in a small organization, that's possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it if is. you're
0: if you're a larger organization, the CEO won't necessarily have the time or the ability uh, to do that. And so that's one way that small businesses really do have an advantage that they can be more transparent and people can understand things because you're, you're not likely to do 50,000 different things like a big organization does. You, you hopefully do, you know, a half dozen things really well. And, um, and the numbers are you know, understandable to people without being terrifying. So uh, it, it's a really important thing, and um, so many leaders maybe don't recognize the value that they could provide just by having those conversations in front of and with their their teams.
1: Absolutely, and it's a it's a um, it's a strength in hiring. There's salespeople that are um, value the uh, ability to have direct access to mm-hmm. the final decision maker in their company they've been yes. in the corporate world they've been at, uh, dysfunctional small businesses and to have a, a structured manager and an owner who's responsive and both of them focused on helping them sell more and direct access that's huge but people don't think about that um, mm-hmm. and so that's a selling point that we're often bringing when we're uh, hiring for companies and when we're looking for people that want that and they'll take, you know, maybe not take as much money to have a better environment.
0: Absolutely. It certainly is an attractive feature. And as you said, I think um, a lot of small businesses might view their size as a mm-hmm. detraction when it right. comes to hiring. But um, you have a lot of people who might've been burnt out on the corporate world might not like having to fill out a form for every little thing might not yes. like all the bottlenecks that exist. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's a very attractive feature. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that. I think um, definitely you've, you've observed some trends and and some things that, that I, I'm not necessarily hearing from everybody. Um the question I always like to ask is, do you have any resources that you could recommend to our listeners? These could be um, your resources, obviously they'll, they'll want to yeah. check out your book, but anything else that you would recommend they look into? Ooh, my
1: favorite books is uh, the Joshua Principle. Mm. Um, it's just, uh, it's a fiction, you know, written uh, sales book. So it's just the story of a person, you know, a salesperson and their relationship with their manager and their mentor. And it's kind of a cool, cool thing. And I've had my teams that just on that one, I just say, okay, just everyone, let's read the book this month. And then um, rather than doing chapter by chapter, cause it's not that type of book. And then at the end of the book, there is a, a syllabus of teaching the points. And so then we kind of do a book study. Uh, first off, we just have fun sharing about the story as a fiction story and all that. And then mm-hmm. we kind of study the points at the back to kind of reinforce what we've learned. But it seems like when I have salespeople read that book, they, um, because Tony uses the author, um, you know, they, you know, when you're reading something that you're enjoying and into it, you kind of, it's, you, it's easier to pick up some points because you, now you have some real life uh-huh. examples versus just book, uh, training time. And so that one there, and then my other favorite, one of my other favorite books is let's get real or let's not play. Um, and that's by Megan Khalsa and Randy Illick and... I just, uh, they've just really broken down the sales process really well. And I, one of the things I took it away from there that I always use is no more guessing. So, um, mm. even just from a sales management, for a salesperson standpoint, I just don't listen to many stories anymore when you're in the sales meeting they're going, well, I think they're thinking this, or I don't know. I think that the person at <laughs> the department is holding it back or I think they're not responding because of this. I said like, Ugh, whatever. No more guessing. If you have a question, go ask them, will <laughs> so <there> you? Go.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That is an excellent principle and very, very important in sales management. I don't want to at all, you know, share any yeah. sort of a connotation that salespeople are, are deceptive and, and <laughs> lying or anything like that. But There's they sale- get so excited <laughs> and so, Yeah. They get so excited and caught up in their opportunities that yeah. if you can narrow down the facts, what did they say? Yep. What do they specifically ask for? Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you might be popping a little bit of a bubble, but mm-hmm. um, it it's really going to narrow down the the reality as opposed to just all the fun stuff.
1: <laughs> sure. <there's that. laughs> all
0: right. Well, Renee, if listeners want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you?
1: Salesmanagernow.com. That's a website, has all our information. Um, just if you want just things, tips and ideas, there's, you know, hundreds of blogs, uh, uh, I got 52 videos on sales leadership uh, tips uh, on YouTube or through my website. So if you just want to just get some things. Just go ahead, go ahead, learn learn all you want and get better. Uh, if you want to explore our service, then you'll see FAQs and videos and about our process that you can learn and see. If you want to reach out to us,
0: all right, wonderful. Well, thank you so so much for speaking with me today, Renee. I have really appreciated our conversation, and I know our listeners will as well.
1: Yeah. I hope so. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com/pod353. If you enjoyed the show, please recommend it to a friend. That is the best way to help more people discover it. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure to do that. That way you get every new episode as soon as it's posted. You can subscribe for free wherever you're listening. We love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts or email us if you've got direct feedback, if you've got questions, suggested guests or topics, podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at CFS Playbook, and the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by and Sylvester.
1: Happy selling.